Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Doctrine Matters podcast. And I am here again, and I don't really want to be, but I feel like I need to be because we have just some continuous ignorance, if I may say that, that is coming from Stephen Furtick recently. And um, as as I've said before, we need to be people that are calling out these false teachers for who they are because these people are leading so many people astray when it comes to what to listen to in the realm of Christianity. And, and these pastors such as Stephen Furtick are really uh, really hip-looking, really cool, really buff, really charismatic. They can speak really well and all of these things. But what they're speaking is false. And by now, you have likely heard the tweet heard around the world is what I'm going to call it right now, just for lack of better terms. But Stephen Furtick tweeted just yesterday, as of right now, it's uh, Sunday, October the... Tw- no, I'm sorry. It's Monday. It's been a long Monday. Monday, October the 25th, 2021. And Stephen Furtick tweeted this on Sunday... Uh, 1024. Now, before I pull it up on the screen and read it, I want to be clear that if you are a professing believer in Christ and you still give yourself over to the ministry of Stephen Furtick, if you still listen to his sermons, if you still listen to the music that comes out of this uh, church, then I want to encourage you, please, Actually, I'm going to beg you, please stop. And if you don't want to stop, if you have reasons why you push back against it, then I would just simply say this to you, that you need to really search your heart and really be assured of your salvation if you claim to be a believer. Now, I will say this, God can use anything to bring people through and, and to just to uh, bring them through a season in their life where they're just learning, maybe they're a new Christian, and maybe this is what they've come across, but God will always call his true children out of this type of stuff. I believe that the true people of God will not stay in the midst of a ministry like this, especially one like Stephen Furtick's. I do believe that God will eventually call his people out from among that and put them in Bible-based churches, places that teach the true word of God. I don't believe that God would take people from that are true believers now. Let me make that caveat, true believers. I don't think that God would take true believers and put them back into a ministry like this or put them headfirst back into the verdicts of the world and to even uh, the podcast and YouTube videos of Stephen Furtick. So I don't think that God would do that, but of, of course I'm not God. He is sovereign. He can do whatever he wants to. It just to me seems like it would be antithetical to the gospel to to be able to take someone from a sound biblical church and throw them back into something as unbiblical as Stephen Furtick. Now, some of you uh, may not have heard the the tweet heard around the world or seen around the world, and many of you may have, but I'm going to throw this tweet up here, 
And what I want to do on this episode of the podcast is I simply, and I don't want to take an hour, I don't want to take an hour and a half like I have in the past couple of episodes, but we're continuing to sound the alarm here because Furtick has just really wet the bed on this one again, folks. And I just simply want to take a couple of minutes of this on this episode to really just show some basic biblical principles that prove this tweet to be absolutely false. This is a fallacy. This argument will not stand up against the Bible any way, shape, or form. And I'm going to show you right out of the gate here in one verse. And uh, if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to grab them if you're not driving. If you're driving, don't grab anything. Keep your hands on the wheel. Ten and two, look straight ahead and focus on the road, but also you can listen at the same time. However, if you are not driving, grab a Bible so we can go through this together or pull it up on your phone as we go through this, because it's important to see from the Word of God exactly what God says in light, again, of what other people are saying in the name of God and the name of Christianity, which Stephen Furtick has said this in the name of Christianity as a pastor. And might I add that somebody just posted on their Facebook feed just yesterday that Elevation Church is indeed still considered Southern Baptist. They are a part of the Southern Baptist Convention. And I don't know why there hasn't been a committee formed to challenge their doctrine and their beliefs when it comes to being Baptist. I'm, I don't know if they even give, but they are considered to be a part of the Baptist convention. But that, that's neither here nor there right now. The most important and troubling part of this is that Stephen Furtick is uh, teaching heresy continuously. And again, if you're a true believer, you need to leave this man alone. I'm just going to tell you that you're either not saved or you are a a babe in Christ that needs to be discipled and needs to listen when people tell you to run from ministries such as this. This is why I have been sounding the alarm. Hopefully you will see this. And I, I feel like I'm staying on Furtick a bit by his, his little young protege that we did the last time. And now coming back to this tweet, because this is important. It is bringing people away from the true gospel, and it is really hurting people. Now, again, if you have a Bible, we're going to look at a few passages, and uh, we're just going to see what the Bible says compared to what Furtick says, because this is, again, important. So uh, I'm going to pull this up. If you're watching if you're watching on YouTube, you can see this, uh, but if not, then you'll just have to listen as we go through this. But this is the statement that was made on Stephen Furtick's Twitter, and we know this is true Furtick because... It has, and actually, this may be his Facebook page that wasn't, maybe it wasn't on his Twitter, it was his Facebook page. Um, but either way, it's still bad. Uh, if you see it, this is what it says. And if you're listening, if you haven't heard it, this is what it says also. I quote, Following Jesus doesn't change you into something else. It reveals who you've been all along. What would it be like to see you See the you, I'm sorry, that God sees. Let me read that again. Following Jesus doesn't change you into something else. It reveals who you've been all along. What would it be like to see the you that God sees? Well, I want to unpack that just a little bit. First of all, we have to understand what it means to follow Jesus. We see this uh, phrase, following Jesus, these two words, following Jesus. So what does that look like? Uh, that looks like a, a few things, uh, but uh, specifically, I want to look at Luke chapter 10, and it, it's 
and I'm probably going to Luke chapter 10 because I'll be preaching on this very passage this coming Sunday at our church in in Jonesboro, Arkansas. But Luke chapter 10, in the parable of the Good Samaritan, we find that Jesus is here rejoicing about the the, the uh, what the, the 72 have come back and have declared to Jesus all the things that have happened, all the things that God has done, who God has revealed himself to along the way. And we see this lawyer stand up. We see this lawyer stand up, and he puts Jesus to the test, Luke tells us, and he says, what must I do, or what shall I do to inherit eternal life? This is verse 25 of Luke chapter 10. And Jesus says to him, it is written in the law, how do you read it? Or what is written in the law, how do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Now, here Jesus in Luke chapter 10 has this lawyer that is a biblical scholar, and he's a theologian. The lawyers in this time were biblical scholars and theologians, so he knew the scriptures. But he thought that he would test Jesus and be so arrogant to test his theology and to come up against Jesus. And then he says, what shall I do? He poses the question as if he can do something to obtain salvation. And ultimately, we have to understand to follow Jesus means that we must deny ourselves. And he had just talked about this uh, a few chapters back in the book of Luke, to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow him. We must make Jesus a priority to truly follow him. But to truly follow him, we must be changed. And just a few passages up in Luke chapter 10, we see Jesus rejoicing because the Father has revealed himself to the children and not the wives eyes of the world, right? So Jesus has just rejoiced that God has revealed himself to whom he wanted to reveal himself to. And we have to understand that that is exactly what it means to follow Jesus is that we become someone different. And when I say different, uh, it does mean that we are changed. We become a new creation, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But to truly follow Jesus, we must understand who he is. We must be able to confess him, as Peter does, as the Messiah, the Christ, the chosen one that has come to save many. And those that do what Jesus says in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, it says, repent and believe the gospel, uh, then those people will be saved, and then they begin following Jesus. Now, you just can't wake up one morning out of the clear blue sky and never have been saved, never have repented and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and just say, I think I'll follow Jesus today. That is essentially what Stephen Furtick is trying to say is just like, just when you start following Jesus, it doesn't change you into something else. Following Jesus happens when God reveals himself to whom he wills 
And then those people, by the power of the Holy Spirit, feel the weight of their sin. They understand that they are sinners in need of grace. And it is then that those sinners repent and they turn from their sin, change their mind, change their thinking, turn from it, and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that he came, that he lived a perfect life, that he died, was buried, rose again, he ascended on high, he is seated at the right hand of God, and one day he is going to come back and judge the living and the dead. When you become a true believer, when you repent and believe, then you are following Jesus for a lifetime. And when you follow Jesus, you change. If you see right here on the screen, it says following Jesus doesn't change you into something else. Now, I will give Stephen Furtick this. When I became a Christian, I didn't change into a transformer, an animal, or anything else. I didn't change into a dog, a cat. I didn't change into my father. I didn't change into anyone else or anything else. But what I did is I changed as a person. I became a new creation. And if you have your Bibles, let's look there, and we'll see this right out of the right out of the pages of Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And these are basic scriptures that every believer should know. So I'm not doing anything that's just crazy today. I'm just simply walking you through a few passages of Scripture, trying to tear down this awful theology and build it back up with proper theology. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, and that's what I mean, those that follow Jesus are in Christ. Those that have repented of their sin and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ are now Christians, or as the Bible put it for the early church, those that belong to the way. Uh, those that are true believers are now followers of Jesus. Therefore, those people that are in Christ, according to God, written by Paul, by, by, the, by the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Inspired word of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit, has written this for our, for our eyes, for our ears, for our hearts. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this, verse 18, is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Salvation is of God. We know that. And we've talked about that on this podcast at length before. But here we see that any of those people, any one of us, you, me, anyone that professes Christ and Christ crucified is in Christ, a true believer, has now therefore become a new creation, a new creature, a new person. The old man is dead. It's passed away. All of its uh, sinful desires that, that we have, the lust of the flesh, the, the pride of the eyes, all of these things the Bible talks about, we are now, uh, that old person has passed away, and we have become someone new. We have become someone new in Christ. So, Stephen Furtick, we are changed people that like Stephen Furtick, this is wrong because we change and thank God that we change. If we were to stay the same, even after we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, then we would never do good things for the kingdom of God. We would never proclaim the gospel. We would be given to our sinfulness constantly, daily. There is a reason that Jesus calls his followers to deny themselves, to deny the flesh, to mortify, to kill the flesh and to take up our cross, to suffer for Christ's sake, and to follow him 
no matter what the cost is. That is the call out for every single believer. And we can do that because we have changed. We're no longer that old, sinful, selfish person anymore, although those sinful ways do rear their ugly head at times. However, we are now believers in Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow Jesus, which means we are a completely different person than what Stephen Furtick would like us to believe. Following Jesus does change you into something else. It changes you into a new creation, as we see in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Let's also look at Romans chapter 8. This is not a verse that is um, new to you listeners on this podcast. Romans chapter 8, and many of you already know where I'm going, 28 through 30. These are basic, simple passages of Scripture that are going to refute everything that Stephen Furtick has said here in this one Facebook post. Let's read Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through 30. Many of you could probably quote this, but we're going to read it anyway. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. There's a a sentence in this passage. If we look at it, it's in verse 29. He says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined, Predestined to what? To be conformed to the image of his son. If we don't become someone new or a new creation, then we are never going to be able to be conformed to the image of the son. The son being Christ Jesus, and as a new creature in Christ, it is by the power of the Holy Spirit again that we are conformed to his image through sanctification, through this process of being made holy. So not only does this old man leave, it's dead, this new creation happens in us, this new person happens. We have new desires, new thoughts, new wants. Uh, We have a want and a desire for the things of God and the church and the word and all of these things, and to live a godly, Christ-honored, christ centered life. So if we are now a new creation, a new creature, then it's that new creation that is going to become like Christ from the time we are converted to the time that we die. Then we will become perfected in Christ. But the whole time we are changing constantly, being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, being more like Jesus and less like the world. This only happens if we're changed people. And we will continue to change as we follow Jesus by denying ourselves, taking up our cross, and following him no matter what it cost us, we are going to change, and thank God that we do change. Let's keep looking at this. We become new creation. We become a Christian. We, we turn in to a God lover instead of a God hater. We, be, we are not guilty. We are justified. We receive the righteousness of Christ. If we were to go back to the book of 2 Corinthians, we would even see this, uh, if you still have your Bibles, the book of Second Corinthians, uh, chapter 5, again, verse 21. 
For our sake he made him to be sin, which is Jesus, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Again, in Christ we become the righteousness of God. We receive the righteousness of God. We are justified by faith. We are declared not guilty. Our past sinful lives are not held against us. Uh, Our sin is cast as far as the east is from the west. When God sees us, he sees the righteousness of his son Jesus, and we can't have that. We can't have that righteousness of Christ if we have not been changed into a new creation and being conformed to the image of Christ. So yes, Stephen Furtick, yes, listeners, we do change when we follow Jesus. We change when we meet Jesus. We change when we are converted in that moment of repentance and faith. We become a new creation. We are being changed daily through sanctification. And we have to understand that it doesn't change us into something else, right? We are still our human beings with a human nature, but we now have the power of God living inside of us in the form of the Holy Spirit that has changed us and will continue to change us until Jesus comes back. So do you see how just right here in the first half of this post that we have refuted it biblically? And then he goes on to say this, it reveals who you've been all along. Now, that, that doesn't make sense when we think about this. Who have we been before we become a Christian? Well, let's look at Romans chapter 3 again. This is nothing new to the podcast. These scriptures are nothing new, but we have to understand them in light of what Stephen Furtick is saying. And we can look at these popular, well, popular passages in some circles, unpopular in others. But we read this in Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 10. As it is written, no one is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside together. They have become worthless, and no one does good, not even one. So you see, when we become a Christian... When we begin to follow Jesus, it does reveal who we've been all along. And this is not where Stephen Furtick is getting at. He is not getting at that we have been, uh, it has been revealed to us that we are wretched sinners in need of a Savior. We are wretched, awful sinners in need of grace, in need of salvation, in need of forgiveness, in need of mercy. When I fully understood the weight of my sin, I understood the weight that it, that it carried against a holy God. I have sinned repeatedly against a holy God. I deserve hell. That is the only thing I deserve. Thankfully, God saw fit to save me. And because of that, when the Holy Spirit convicted me and changed my heart from a heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh, I was able to fully feel the weight of my sin. And it was crushing. I almost couldn't breathe when I fully felt the weight of it. But it was then who God revealed to me who I truly am, but he also revealed to me who he truly is as well. He revealed to me that he is God and that he sent his son Jesus to save me. And I no longer have to live under the weight and condemnation of who I was. But now, 
in Christ, I have been changed and I am daily being changed. And I'm thankful that I don't have to sit under preaching like this, under teaching like this. There is, uh, There are leaders in my church. There are laymen in my church that put out wonderful content that is biblical, that is theologically sound, that is doctrinally sound. It is amazing to have leaders uh, and church members alike that will put out wonderful biblical content, and I don't have to worry about seeing this on my timeline from people that I know, love, and trust. And if I were to put something like this on my Facebook, you can bet I would be held accountable immediately. Somebody needs to hold Stephen Furtick accountable in his church, but I'm willing to bet no one will because they think this is spot on. They think everything he says is correct when indeed it is not. And you can read this for yourself. I want to look at Colossians chapter 1 here as well, and then we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 2. So Colossians chapter 1. in my small group of my church, we meet here at the house, and and uh, we're going through the book of Colossians, and we actually just went over this the other night. And it is interesting the way God saw us, right, before we became Christians. He saw us as sinners. He saw us as sons of disobedience, as we're going to see. But listen to what, it, what, what Paul says in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 21. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind... We were hostile to God, at war with God, doing evil deeds. He is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. How beautiful is that? Can you say that you've changed if you say that Jesus has presented you holy and blameless before God? You can't do that when you're hostile in mind before you become a Christian. So again, thankfully, I was a son of wrath, was going to receive the full, just punishment of God, but God chose to save me. Why? I will never know, but I'm grateful and I'm thankful, and when he did, he changed me. He brought me out of darkness into marvelous light, Peter says in 1 Peter. Uh, He has transferred me from the domain of darkness to the, the kingdom of light, the Bible says, And I am thankful that I have been changed. And if you are truly saved, you've been changed too. And you don't have to listen to stuff like this or read stuff like this or even believe it. At this point, look how many likes and hearts. You can see it right there on the screen if you're watching. Let me make it bigger. 11,000 likes and hearts. 1.6 thousand shares at this point. I don't know where it's at now, but that tells you that this theology is going out. You may say, well, 1.6 thousand shares is nothing, but there's no telling what it is now. So people are grabbing onto this and believing this nonsense. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. Probably one of, the, one of my favorite chapters of the whole Bible, Ephesians chapter 2. This, again, shows us who we were before Christ, and then how he saw us, but then now who we are in Christ, he sees us as the righteousness of God. Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And you were dead, dead in your trespasses and sins, 
in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, which is Satan, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. We were by nature children of wrath. This is the way God saw us. What would it be like to see you the you that God sees before I became a Christian, he was going to punish me. I would have received judgment had he not saved me. And he would have been just in doing it. So before we become Christians, and anybody that is not a true Christian, God sees a son or daughter of disobedience following the prince of the power of the air who is surrendering and submitting their lives to their father who is Satan like the rest of mankind. But then verse four shifts. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are created and changed, and thankfully we are the workmanship of God, created in Christ before the world began. I am so thankful that he no longer sees me as a son of disobedience and a, 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 a son that would have his wrath poured out on me. I am so grateful that I am no longer that, but God does see me. He sees the righteousness of his son now, and there is some truth in that. What would it be like to see the you that God sees? I do like that part at times when we think about who we actually are. We know we still are sinners, but we have to understand that is because we follow Jesus, because we've been saved, called out of that darkness into light, because we have been changed and we are being changed, and it reveals to us who we were and who we are now in Christ, as Ephesians 2 says, that we cannot boast about anything that we have done, but everything that he has done, thanking him and, and worshiping him for saving us. And then we have to see and think about how God sees us. Now he sees the righteousness of his son. That's a beautiful thing. But for those that are not Christians, the wrath of God is coming. And the Bible tells us that that judgment is near. That judgment is at the doorstep. We don't know how much longer we have on this earth. Eternity is knocking every single day. It is coming. It is moving fast. It is happening quickly. The older you get, I'm here to tell you, it does go a lot faster. Days go by fast all of a sudden you blink and you're 10 years older and it just happens quickly. So if you are not a true believer and have not been changed by the grace of God, then you will receive the full wrath of God on judgment day. You will receive it. There's no escaping it. There's no getting out of it. There's no get out of hell free cards. There's no get out of hell free cards on this side of eternity or on the other side. You will receive your just punishment. But for those of you that are in Christ, can you look at this statement made by Stephen Furtick and praise God that this is false? If you are a true believer, you will know that following Jesus 
changes you so much. It changes you so much to follow Jesus, not because of anything you've done, but everything that he has done through you by the power of the Holy Spirit and will continue to do, to do through you. I've often heard this, uh, by the grace of God, I am not who I once was, uh, but I am not who I should be. But I'll be, I'm really butchering this right now. Uh, I usually can say it right, uh, but I can picture the, the cartoon drawing I recently saw. Uh, I'm not who I once was. I'm not who I want to be, but by God's grace, uh, I'll be better than I was today. Something like that. You get the point. Sanctification is changing. Is changing us. The, the Holy Spirit is working in and through every believer and should be, and it reveals to us who we were, not who we have been all along and continue to be, but who we were. God reveals to us who we were, hostile in mind, and now who we are in Christ, a new creation given to worship worshiping the Lord, exalting Christ, building one another up, and serving the body. I hope you can see just from a few passages of Scripture that this is heresy, it's nonsense. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm just going to go ahead and get it off the screen because I don't believe that we need to continue any further. I hope that you have understood from the Scriptures uh, what is wrong with this post and if you have questions, if you have thoughts or concerns, if you have uh, maybe some pushback, maybe some things I didn't think about, maybe some things that are in the Bible that could possibly hold up this view that he has put out there, which I don't think there is, I believe that this will not hold any weight any way you look at it. People will try to say that it's been taken out of context. People will try to say that uh, he misspoke. That's not what he meant. When clearly this is one of those things that um, he put out there and quickly it, it, it is easy to see that it is heresy, it is wrong, and it is just absolutely false. So again, sounding the alarm here, flee Furtick. Get away from Elevation Church. Get away from Elevation Worship. Please run for the hills. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us to look to the hills. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We have to flee we have to be serious about who God is. We have to be serious about his word. And we have to leave these false ministries. We have to leave these things that make us feel good. We have to leave these things that uh, we like. And we have to be biblical. We have to listen to sound teaching. We have to study the word of God to show thyself a workman approved. We have to do what it takes to get in the word so we can see things like this when it happens and not rely on people like me or other people that are going to really sound the alarm to help you get away from these things. I hope uh, this has been of some encouragement to you. I hope you've been able to see just from a few passages of Scripture uh, why that was false. Uh, again, any questions, comments, concerns, leave a comment or send an email, doctrinematterspodcast at gmail.com, all lowercase, and uh, I will respond back to you. And uh, I just hope that you don't follow this. And until next time, we continue to sound the alarm. Uh, we're probably going to look at some, some Hillsong stuff. I know that Hillsong is kind of not as popular as it once was, but they are really struggling right now. And it's because of all of the things that have happened when you get away from biblical theology and you don't discern the Word of God, uh, then um, you just 
you don't have anything. Uh, you just end up having pastors that resign, having pastors that fall, and just a lot of things going on. And I tell you, I, I come across some other churches this week just looking. I've heard of these before, and I've seen this before. The church, church by the glades, a lot of people being led astray by, I believe his name is David Hughes. Uh, we can talk about some T4G stuff as well. Uh, if you may have seen the 30-minute or maybe the five-minute snippet of the 30-minute greater conversation, I listened to the whole conversation, and uh, T4G has come to an end. And I, I can tell you that I think it's likely because they went woke, so to speak, and uh, they really make light of being quote-unquote woke in, in that video. And uh, T4G's come to an end, and I think it has a lot to do with the direction that it started taking a few years ago. So uh, we may talk about that here in the future, but I just want to keep you up to date on a lot of things that are going on in the world of Christendom and under the umbrella of Christianity. Uh, because as we've seen now, Stephen Furtick is operating under the umbrella of Christianity. But uh, it's things like this that would really prove to be otherwise. And I hope you read this carefully if you're watching. And uh, don't take it to heart. Throw it away. Get rid of Stephen Furtick. Get rid of the music. Get rid of all of it. Um, it's no good for you. And I don't say that. Listen, let me add this too. I don't say these things, and I don't do these things because I hate Stephen Furtick or Hillsong or Bethel or Church by the Glades or David Hughes or or, or Ligon Duncan or, or Mark Dever. I, I, I don't hate these guys. As a matter of fact, I pray that God would change them, that he would save them if they need to be saved and bring back to a biblical reality and a biblical fidelity for those that are saved. So I don't hate these people, and I'm not looking to grind an axe with them. I just want to warn you of the false teaching and the things that are happening right under your noses and and if I can and just help one person with uh, with this and being able to flee this then then it really has been good so uh, one last time there it is following Jesus doesn't change you into something else it reveals who you've been all along what would it be like to see the you that God sees ah so long Stephen Furtick I hope you guys are saying it too. Pray that God changes him, that he would repent, close down this ministry, and get himself into uh, a solid biblical church under solid biblical preaching. Until next time, folks, uh, again, I'm your host, Stephen Dew, and looking forward to talking to you soon. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless.